Hello everyone and welcome back to Breaking Bread. This is your host, Liam and Carl. I'm Liam. Here's oh, Carl. I'm Carl, yeah. Here's Carl. Should know that by now. This is exciting for us, our second season. Season two. We're kind of just plonking it in the middle. I think we've done about 30 episodes and just plonked the season two right in the middle. We're with season. It's very American yeah, season, that, isn't it? Then I look, had a quick look on uh, iTunes to see what they call it and they call it seasons. So it's because like, they're American. Yeah. Serious. Serious. Serious doesn't sound right now, though. Second it used to sound series. right. This is sound the second right. series. So we're sitting here post-COVID. Thought it'd be a good time to kind of start the second season. Yeah, now we can do interviews again. As quite a few of my friends at work and anyone who's seen us on Instagram may have noticed, we haven't stopped eating for this. <laughs> I've been eating more. I've eaten more shit. Well, I've been off, not less. It's quite good that there's two of us because we can pass it off. I'll say it's you. You probably say it's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't. I can't take the blame for all the cakes. Yeah, definitely. That was me. That was me on a cake. Early bird. Have kept me going. I love early bird. Mary's, cup brownies. She's too many to mention. What about you and Oxen Origin? I've had yeah, Oxen Origin pretty much every week. Wine Freedom. I've been making deliveries. Tommy as well with Oxen Origin. Yeah, Tommy from well from Couch. Yeah been doing all the cocktails so i've been having a lot of cocktails i've had literally every beer delivered as well attic dig brew burning soul burning soul though oh man i've still got some of the raspberry ripple ipas in the fridge there for tonight cannot wait yeah, so it hasn't been a complete disaster but we have missed going to actual restaurants i think somebody asked like how's things going i said it's great apart from i'm kind of regretting making eating out my only hobby <laughs> yeah because we've just not been able to do it so cover wagon will be our first but we kind of half had our first experience last saturday when we were very lucky to go and interview jamie the owner former head chef as you're here patron of chef patrons what you call them now uh, isn't it? yeah yeah of uh, harborn kitchen a very relaxed chef patron that day in harborn <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, Joe, from the relationship for sorting that out for us. Yeah, really uh, appreciate everything. She sets up quite a few interviews and stuff for us. And what an interview as well. Just great people to work with. Yeah, brilliant interview. Well, it was mainly we were trying to focus a lot on the COVID aspect, wouldn't we, of how COVID's affected the restaurant and what he's done. And it seems like out of a lot of people in Birmingham, he's gone to a lot of effort. Yeah, I mean, we were worried what restaurants would come back and if they did come back in what what sense would they be would they be any better would they be good but Harbon Kitchen is just kind of as, as you'll hear in this episode they've just flew with it haven't they like he's mate we had a look around the restaurant and you wouldn't know they'd made any changes it just all the changes they've made look like that's part of the restaurant anyway yeah so no perspex in the place no tackiness anywhere it's all kind of solid Booths really is the best way to describe. You have to see them yeah, for yourselves. Like it's glass, glass and it's been personalised. So it's got big HK on them. It made the menu simpler and they put a bit more effort into the menu so that the person who serves you doesn't have to talk for as long or speak at your table for any unnecessary amount of time. 
So they've done an absolutely brilliant job. It was really obvious from the start. He puts his staff members' safety, the public safety, completely first. You know, making money's last on the list in terms of health and safety for this COVID stuff. I mean, he wouldn't hesitate to shut down for a week if they have to clean or if there's some kind of outbreak. So, you know, there's, there's not many you can say about that. I felt completely safe in the restaurant. Yeah, they've made a huge effort and it comes across in the podcast how much he cares about it as well. And we got to try all the, uh, the new bar food, didn't we? That was great. I love that concept. Like We were saying you're going for lunch there in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm next going week. next week for lunch. Yeah. I, I was on about maybe we'll go for just a couple of beers and some a few dishes like me and, me and my wife for her birthday. and. What a great concept, you know. There's not many places you can just do that now. No. Well, I want to make clear, in this podcast, I don't ask a lot of questions because he brought the food out while we were doing the podcast. And I pretty much decided, I was a bit hungry, so I decided I was just going to eat it. <laughs> so, if you can hear any chobbling or any noise off me, that's just me eating. Yeah, there's lots of eating, chewing, drinking and laughing in this podcast. I think it's a good one. Yeah, James, such a funny. nice dude. Yeah, really it? nice fan. Yeah, it was a really good podcast. We've been so lucky with podcasts for you. But this one I felt really lucky. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. So it's an hour and 20 long, so we don't want to hold you up any longer. So yeah, enjoy. We hope you enjoy it as much as we had so much fun recording it. So yeah, music was my first love. Failed that to be a come a chef. I know, right? I, I must sound like a right twat, but I was a much better drummer than I am a chef. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. How far did you get down the drumming? Um, we recorded an album and... and I, we did a self-financed tour of the UK and Ireland. And we, we kind of did it three times. When I say self-financed, we organised it ourselves. We paid for it ourselves. We had nothing. So we slept in a van and we, I mean, literally had nothing. We sold CDs to pay for the diesel. And then we'd um, like get pennies together to buy sandwiches. It, like we'd, we'd pay for diesel in pennies. We had this scheme where the, the singer Rob, well, the, the bass player Rob, would go to the cash register, drop all the coins on purpose, when Bry, the singer, would lick, put a load of sandwiches in his bag. <laughs> and we'd get back in the van, and that's how we'd eat. We had nothing like, I mean, we were broke, but it was just like, the, it was the best. What did you play, what type of music was it? it was, we called it a lot of things, but really, looking back in hindsight, it was just rock. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of cool names for it that it wasn't as cool as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we had a lot of fun. We're still best mates. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're Irish, actually, and they're d- down in London. What was it called? Just in case people want to go. The, and look I, I, <laughs> idea Motion, which is the worst name. Idea Motion. Oh, God, so tacky. Do you know the name was there before I joined? I was up in, in Kid- Oh, yeah, yeah. That's God, what I was saying. I was in Kidderminster auditioning for bands. I just wanted to... I, I kind of had enough, so I wanted to go and just join some good bands. So just audition. And um, they wanted me, and I liked them a lot. And it, it was already called Idea Motion. I remember going to this, the audition and... Uh, like I must have had some big balls because I, I said to the bass player, look, you're a little bit behind my beat. <laughs> and uh, he was a little, like, Rob's one of my best mates now. Like, we talk about it. I, and I made him stand or put his leg on the kick drum so he could feel my kick. And, and he locked in with me straight away. It was like this moment. But, I mean, I imagine going to an interview down in London. I walked in with a suitcase full of all my drum stuff. It's like, yeah, mate, you, you're not quite on it with me. Could you just stand on my kick? I they, a young they, chef coming in as a commie now saying, I know, yeah. Chef, that's uh, it, isn't it? 
I mean, I, I, um, they, they, they talk about it with me, and, and they, they were like, we knew as soon as you walked in with that suitcase and said that he's either going to be the best drummer we've ever seen or the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they say I was the best, fortunately. So yeah, we had, ah, we, we had such a good time. Um, I, I cooked during the band years. Yeah. Yeah, just like private members clubs, half decent places. Um, the Royal Overseas League in, in London, I was at quite some time. Always in between gigging and whatnot. Yeah. They were quite good to me, to be fair. They, they let me shift in and out when I needed to. Did a bit of agency, like rubbish. Um, but that I started like, That cooking. was down London, was it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I went there for music. Yeah, because you, you're originally from Kidderminster. Yeah. Yeah. So you went down there for the music, chasing the dreams. Wow. It was a dream, actually. A dream with no money, but it was a dream. <laughs> yeah. Like, you look back and you think, I'm bloody glad I did that. It's good fun. If, like, you know, I've got my son's five. And I think, if I give you any advice, just, just crack on. Yeah. Like, just go and do that. Do you think living with, like, little money and trying to survive on nothing... Um, kind of helped you when you started your own business because you thought, well, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to have to live on nothing again. Well, <laughs> that's um, that's a really good question. I've never considered that, yeah. but I think it's spot on. Yeah. My wife and I, Sophie, we've been together since I was 20, 17 years, Jesus. So we can both live on nothing, funny enough. Yeah. And we had to with this. Literally had nothing when we opened. Um, I was I wired the whole place i had an electrician and plumber here and i was basically laboring i did i was literally working 15 hours a day as you would a chef like grafting yeah. i mean i was exhausted but i had fun doing it and now i opened and I, I think we had two years of me just basically running just like full full pelt and uh and last year i burnt out a bit actually like it was a moment where i was like wow i need some time here yeah to recoup yeah and that's when i got tom wells who's who's my head chef in who's superb and that's when i realized wow i've, I've been doing too much and that, n now i'm trying to i guess find my feet and find my role yeah of chef owner business person you know do you find you're living a bit more as well now as oh yeah massively yeah, yeah yeah i mean i didn't see my son really for, I, I saw him on a, a sunday for two years and it's just not good enough mm. that's not being a dad i didn't want to be that dad and no. it's like I've got to get I've got to get someone in to help me. It took a while, you know. There was a few people that didn't work, but but Tom is ju he's he runs it like I'd run it. it he's brilliant. I'm so lucky. I've, and you can see like there's a glint in my eye when I talk about him. I'm so proud. Yeah, you got a big smile on your face right now. It's, it, it, well, it's it's pressure off to be honest. Somebody I trust, you know. Yeah, it means a lot. And same front of house, it, you know. I've got you've met Corin on the way in. Yeah, it's yeah. Everyone's been really nice. It must it must take so much time to get the right staff though. Everyone we speak to struggles so much with staff. Yeah, it took, took three and a half years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's been some really good staff that have come and gone, but there have been a lot of of people that just weren't the right fit. Not that they weren't nice people. They are. They're just not the right fit for here, and for what we're trying to achieve. And, and for you know, sometimes people just don't get it. They don't get what we're we're doing and what I am like and the way we work and the standards we have. Whereas every one of them at the minute, they're, they are brilliant. We just, we, we just, basically at Christmas, we, we managed to sort of, careful what I say, but <laughs> we, we lost the last two people I didn't want and 
since then it's just been a breath of fresh air. It's all clicked since then. Yeah, no, it clicked exactly. And it wasn't a fault of them. They just weren't right. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like they were bad people. Yeah, it happens. Mm. Sometimes just the personalities right. just don't fit. And I'm them. sure we'll get other people that aren't the right fit, but right now it's just it's just grooving, which is you can see as a customer, I think it rubs off. You know, you, you so feel we, it, don't we, you? We kinda of jumped ahead there. So how did you manage to kind of get from London to to Birmingham or Oh, bloody hell. I, I, um, I ended up doing... So, so I, Sorry, I, a better question to be asked. When did you start taking chefing seriously and then the music kind that's, of went... No, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably question. the relevant question, yeah. I, um, the band finished. So the guitarist, Tom, what are you eating at the fish pie? Sorry, I'm eating at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we're eating as we're doing the podcast. <laughs> so you're, every so often you hear us go, oh, God, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've got a selection <laughs> of the bar food and it's all fantastic. Good. Come on, please. So I, uh, the guitarist left, went back to Ireland, and we didn't really find another one. It just fizzled out. And I was already so. Although I met Sophie, my wife, in Kidderminster, we both moved there together after the band finished to London. And then I, um, I did a bit of temporary recruitment for for an agency, um, and I saw this advertisement for Petrus, which was always a restaurant I admired. So it was one of Gordon Ramsay's, at the time, two stars. Mm. with Marcus Waring and they split up and so I applied for this job at Petrus having never cooked in a, an accoladed restaurant done that private diet the private member stuff which to be honest wasn't that great and I was 24 so I guess certainly not old but old for a chef to party and I applied for this job and I went down to Hospital Road the three star for this trial and they offered me the job as chef to party I, I, I even said look I'll start as Kami I just I I know, you know, I'm 24, I'll learn quick, blah, blah, blah. But he offered me, Mark Askew, the, the exec chef of the group, offered me the, the chef's pie, and I was and I was scared. But, man, my eyes were open. I think maybe, because I was a bit older, being 24, most of the chef's parties were about 20-ish. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd done what I'd done with the band, like you say. I'd, I'd lived on nothing, I'd scrapped around. I'd, I, could, I guess we fought for what we had. Yeah. And I had to do that in that kitchen. So, yeah, I spent a couple of weeks Hospital Road, and then uh, about a month. Did carriages. you feel like? Sorry, Jamie. Did you feel like you had something to prove, being a little bit older, and everyone else being a bit younger? Or? Yeah, I think so. But I think I always have anyway. Just, just there's always there's there's a little thing in me which, perhaps I don't know why. Um, oh, we all have our reasons, don't we, from childhood or whatever. And I've got mine, mm. and, and I think there's always something to prove because of those reasons. Then Cocky older brother or something. Unfortunately, <laughs> 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 it's a bit deeper than that. But, but. I'm, look, I had a good childhood. It's just, yeah, I've always got this thing where I want to try and, I guess, be the best I can be. That's, that's yeah. as simple as it. So, yeah, Hospital Row. I went to Claridge's for a month. And then Petrus, the new Petrus, opened. And I was part of that team. Wow. Basically got smashed. I mean, whoa, I had to learn quick. But um, I got around the kitchen on every section in, in about six months, which was pretty unheard of. I mean... I tell myself it's because I was half decent. It's probably actually just because everyone left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, within eight months, I was me and one of the sous chef, Dan, who, who he's, he now works for Jason Atherton at the Clock Tower in New York, just got a star. Jesus. He's the head chef. So it was me and him that were left out of a whole team of like 24 chefs. They just, it was just a conveyor belt. Well, moving on or just. Couldn't stand the conditions or... Exactly that. They just... I mean, h half of it was, if you did three or six months, people kind of ticked it on the CV. Yeah. Which you see that now with the, the lads that I get coming in. You think, oh, you've done three months, it's nothing. It's just, come on. You know. 
So um, I actually I spent 14 months with a group, which it, it really isn't that long, but it felt like a long time. And I learned a lot. Um, but I came out of there essentially working pretty much 18 hours a day. It was an Jeez. opening, so it was six days a week at the start, which was tough, but I learned a lot. And it, it, like opening teams, you never see, they never really stay, but I, and I kind of stayed the longest. Got to the point where it was like, right, I need promotion or to move on. So I came out actually just to spend more time with Sophie, who was, was with me the whole time. She was so supportive. Wow. So lucky. I mean, I think really if I'd have carried on, she'd have, she'd have just got fed up. Like she didn't, she didn't have a life with me. She had her own life. Yeah. So I came out and did this recruitment, which gave me a life, but oh, it made me pretty depressed. I mean, I wasn't happy doing it. No. That's no, pretty soul destroying actually. It's basically selling people. I'm not, I wasn't comfortable doing it. No. But it gave me some time to think, whatever else. And then we moved back up here to open. It was going to be like a little cafe with uh, fresh pizza and fresh pasta, like hand-rolled pasta. I had this oh. vision of me with flour on my nose in the window. <laughs> and then look, I opened a restaurant and we got a Michelin plate and rosettes and all sorts. So I don't know. It changed along the lines. But it's a funny story. Yeah. And Harborn, we, we chose Harborn. My sister-in-law was here. We didn't really want to go back to Kidderminstone and Birmingham, obviously. We all know why we're in Birmingham. It's well, great. It's just on the up all yeah. the time. And, and to be honest, coming from London to Birmingham was just so refreshing. Like, it was so cool. Um, just being able to do anything within, like, the hour. You could just do what you wanted. Whereas London, you'd have to travel an hour to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And, um, yeah, and being part of all these new openings and part of this scene. from about seven years now. Well, it's still happening. There's still places still opening. Yeah. Like there's some really exciting places oh, opening up yeah. soon as well. There's like great stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll branch out into other things as well one day. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> maybe you'll get the pizza <laughs> shop. <laughs> you can get your pasta, pasta shop, shop now. Fresh yeah. pasta, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? We'll see. Oh, yeah, Jamie's, of course. <laughs> Has he still got the trading name, is it? Yeah, don't call it James Italian. I'd imagine so. (laughs) The Italian James. (laughs) So you know I am Italian. That's the funniest thing. You should be allowed to use it then. By the name. (laughs) So I'm a drummer and I'm Italian. Jamie's a rubbish drummer and not Italian. (laughs) It's like like he stole my identity, that that lad. It is pretty much. (laughs) He gets a bad rep. I think he's pretty class, actually. He's, He's done a lot for our industry. Well, he's, he's bank balance speaks for itself, doesn't it? You don't get that much that if you're not true, yeah. doing something right. No, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the fine dining people sort of give him bad rep, but he is what he is. He's brilliant. You know? Well, not fit, eating isn't just about fine dining, is nah. it? Like, I love everything about food. Fine dining's like up there, but. Now, see, that's what I think. Talking about new openings or whatever. I mean, look, I'm speculatively talking, really, but I'm definitely looking at things and options and that middle market is where I want to be. So, so Harbon Kitchen will stay where it is and I guess become the flagship or whatever you want to call it. And then I, I really think that Michelin Bib Gourmand category is missing. Jay Rayner said it, didn't he, famously about Birmingham and everyone sort of got a bit fizzy with him but 
he was so right. There yeah. isn't a Bib Gourmand restaurant in Birmingham. What, no, what? it's really oh. annoying. It really, we little, talk about it all the time. Woods. It winds us up. Little Blackwood in Mosley is like the only place. Has that got a Bib Gourmand? It hasn't got one, but it's, oh, it's, it's, it's the only place that could get one. Yeah, if you okay. know, it's the only place set up for that yes. sort and it, of and area. And he knows what it is, and that's what he's saying. Yeah, no, I think you're right there. And even that's in Mosley. I mean, if you think of the city centre, like, how, how is it not? not like, you know, like... Um, Gary's Bistros, but uh, Gary Usher. Yeah. Something like that in Birmingham. Exactly, like, yeah. you know. exactly There's that. nothing like it. It's really odd. So you go to London, they're everywhere. You can't move no, for restaurants like it. I don't want to talk about London too much. It's London. But I lived yeah. there 10 years, and I, I, I used to buy the Michelin guides, you know, when Petrus opened because we were in it and whatnot. And actually, all I ever did, you know, Sophie and I on a Sunday, was open the Bib Gaman pages and pick one and go. And there were, yeah, thousands. They're brilliant. So I think that's what I want to... Harborn Kitchens is Harborn Kitchen. It'll be what will be. And I think it's found its feet with this epidemic. But I want, yeah, a little Bib Gourmand restaurant on the high street. That's the next step, I think. We kind of spoke a little bit before we started recording. But so did you open Harborn Kitchen with the intention of looking for a star or? No, I, I was, yeah, n- not at all. It was like my, my main aim really was it had to be a successful business because it was my only way of earning money. So it had to you know, pay everyone that we employed properly, pay our suppliers and then pay me. And it did that. It did that pretty quick. We're, we're pretty successful and we, we paid off our debts early, which was nice. Um, and then the next step was to sort of, the goal was to make the staff actually happy in our industry, which is quite, I mean, look, they, they come in the industry because they love it. So, so they're happy anyway, but to make people happy long-term is hard in our industry. So I've really worked hard on that. And it's quite unusual though. Like, I, w- I don't think there's many restaurants who would put team happiness second in the list. I think it'd be a lot further down than that. So yeah. kudos to you. Don't you have some kind of a profit share with the staff and stuff? Did you know I don't know, actually? Yeah, I thought you did. I thought When we started, we did, yeah. Um, but actually, I, I scrapped that and I just paid more. So now we pay a much healthier wage. That's even yeah. fairer. So, well, so yeah, it's, it just better. made more sense because actually um, the profit share thing was so complicated. Um, there's talk of, I spoke highly of Tom, but there's talk of people actually coming on board. And It's a nice idea, but I think like everything that's well intended, there's a lot of paperwork and legal and shit behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, and then people leave and then go, yeah, yeah, like, what do you mess up? And it's just adding a lot of headache that you probably yeah. don't really need. Yeah, I mean, so, so the staff thing, it was so imperative to make people happy and it took me ages. I mean, we've only just, Christmas just gone, so what's that, four or five months ago? is when we got sort of the team really stable. We, we, we lost um, the last couple of people that were perhaps bringing the team down. Not that they were bad people, just that they weren't the right fit. And um, from then we've been just absolutely singing. It's just the team are everything. They're really, really great. So I've, I guess I've, t- I've tried to think, how can I make it better for them? So we've, we do this mental health um, counselling with a local company where they can independently ring this company up and book, book up to seven sessions, which I'll pay for privately. Obviously, I have nothing to do with the booking, and basically, I just get a bill. Yeah. And they 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 check who the person is to make sure they work for me, and then <laughs> and then I pay the bill. Um, and I remember I remember chatting to this guy who was a recruiter, asking me um, what benefits, and I said what I did. He's like, "Why'd you do that for?" I'm like, "Why wouldn't I do that for?" It's massive, you know, um, and one or two of them used it, which is great, and 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 thanked me for it, which actually makes me feel like, oh, thank goodness, it is the right thing to do, you know. Yeah. 
Me- I mean, that's a whole podcast, isn't it? Mental health and oh, hospitality. It's, it's so it's, big. It's such a big <laughs> area of interest as well. Yeah. Um, which is why I did it. I mean, you know, it just seemed the right thing to do. But it's so undervalued as well as an importance. It's, if anything, it should be the highest of importance and it just seems so far down the list. Yeah, I think it's changing though. I do. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, so I'm realising more or things are changing. I hope it's, maybe it's a bit of both. Um, I, th- I think things are changing, you know. So these guys work, work less hours now than when we opened. It's still not, still not where I want it to be. I'd like to get them down to 40 hours, really. But unfortunately, the, the math doesn't work that way. No. You know, with what we charge, with, with what we pay out. Because they're currently working, chefs-wise, about 50, 55 hours a week. Which, to be fair, is too much. But it was better than the 90 that I worked, you know. And when we opened, it was about 80 hours a week. So it, it's improving. Um... I just want to keep improving it. With this pandemic, epidemic, we've um, just lost two shifts. We, 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 we used to open Thursday, Friday lunches, which we've closed. Yeah. So that's made it easier as well for everyone. So if I can make the maths work. Yeah. Obviously, that's another question. Well, 40 hour weeks, nothing, is it, really? Well, it's, it's, I guess it's what... I think to be mentally happy and whatever, it's, it's a good balance, 40 hours, isn't it? I mean, I, they're all happy with their 50-55 at the minute, which is nice. It's good. They're a, they're a happy little buzzing team. You were going through your list of what your objectives were when you first started? Well, yeah. So yeah. so I guess happy team is where we're at. And um, the next thing, you, it's because you asked me, didn't we, did we set out for a start? Did you set out for a start? Absolutely not. And I think where we are now is we're, we have a profitable business. We have a team that are happy. And I guess the next thing is, okay, what do I want to make me happy? Because there's, there's something missing which I'm not yet, or not got yet. And I think, yeah, we'll, we'll strive for that next accolade, I think. is. So at the start, no. But now, I now okay, I'm going to say it on tape. Yeah, I want a star now. <laughs> so I guess I've never admitted that before. Yeah. Well, it's no shame. It's like, what harm is there in one in it? You know what I mean? No, there's not. But... But I didn't have the confidence four years ago to say I want one and not get one. Now I'm comfortable saying I want one. And if I don't get one, well, that'll, that's fine. I'm comfortable with that. I think there's a, a bit of a double-edged sword, really. Because if you say, I want a star, you're putting yourself out there and saying, I want a star. And then if you don't get it, you're, you're putting yourself forward yeah. for disappointment if you don't. But at the same time, I'm quite a believer of like, obviously, I, I don't believe in law of attraction and all that shit. But sometimes I think you've got to put out flags and put something out there. So if you say... I do want a star, then it puts a flag in the ground and says, like, I am looking for this star as well. So it might come to you a little bit as well. No, I think you're right. I mean, I've always said, and Michelin came and they had a, there was two of them, and they had a meeting with me after the meal and, and said what they said. They just said, I want you in the guide. We want you in the guide and this and that. And with what you're saying there, I, I said to them, look, you know, I'm not cooking for you. I just, I'm cooking for the guests, then the team, and then you. And maybe it's the wrong thing to say, I mean, but it's kind of the truth. Yeah. I don't want to cook for Michelin. I want to cook for everyone else. And then if Michelin come along and like it, then so be it. Now, I, I know there's things or things I don't do which are tick boxes for Michelin. And I'm, I'm not prepared to sort of do them yeah. just to get one. But if they come along and like it and I get one, well, I'll be a happy boy. Yeah, exactly. But again, that comes back to mental health. It's all about you being happy in what you're doing. And if you're yeah. doing something just to please someone else... I mean, this is your business. Yeah. This is your restaurant. Yeah. 
you used to be doing what you want to do with it no that's it but like I say four years ago I perhaps didn't have maybe confidence maybe self-awareness mm. you know I've realised a lot in four years um, two kids four years in the restaurant I don't know how I've still got hair but yeah. I've realised a lot <laughs> and uh, I have the confidence to say yeah I want one if I don't get it it's fine because I'm doing what I want in practical sense how, how are you kind of changing things to work towards that you mentioned Tom you've brought Tom in yeah which has given me time to think more run a business obviously what is it it's 10 to 3 we're in service still and I'm up here talking to you yeah I was very surprised to be honest when you yeah when you, um, Joe had said oh can you make it 2 o'clock I thought well surely sure James can be very busy yeah no o'clock. I mean we're full we're full lunch and dinner you know we've been full all week and, and I'm it's, that, that says that speaks volumes doesn't it that I'm sat in private dining room talking to you and Tom's leading from the front down there you know so that was that was a big first step um is that consciously something you've always thought about that at some point you're going to need to step away from the, the past not when I opened no and run a business like it wasn't that. my plan when I opened it's just that we're, we're such a busy business uh, and before this um virus 50 covers and a bar you know that's a lot of people and we were pretty much always full and it was just too much to be the head chef and run the business. So so I just had to. It was just, I realised quite early and I, I didn't have one for the first two and a half, three years. And, and then started to try and find the right person. It's taken this long to find Tom, you know. The stars aligned a bit. He, 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 we, so he's uh, not someone that worked here already? And no, no, he, he's, he's a proven head chef and um, has come in and, I mean, he's adapted to how we work. He, he, he but now he's implementing what he wants as well. It's a good little partnership. So the tasting menus we work together for, but pretty much I have have the final say. And then the new concept in the bar, which is the small plates and sharing food, which you're eating. Yeah, um, he's pretty much got free <laughs> reign on, and you know, as long as it's tasty and seasoned, I'm happy. Yeah. So there's, there's less pressure on it. I'd imagine something like this bar menu. It just gives people carb lunch to do absolutely anything really yeah, yeah from from the just try it go from the first commie to to the head chef absolutely they can just they can have their freedom their creativity yeah. which is so key you know we're a creative business we're a creative restaurant so the people i employ are naturally creative just naturally just by process of elimination they they all are so it's important for them to have their creative freedom and let them be would you when you're employing do you employ four personality over kind of experience and stuff Oh, I'd say so all the time, yeah, every time. But it's cliche, isn't it? You can teach skill. Um, yeah. And it's the truth. You can't teach someone to be nice. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, with with Tom being the head chef, I needed him to have the skills already, and he did. Uh, but somebody coming in as a commie or whatever, we, we've just had one start, actually. He's just left college. Um, and that's just the perfect opportunity for him and us because we know it, once he's spent a year with us, he'll... You know, he can go on and cook in any kitchen in the world after us. We we do things the right way. Yeah. Um, so he can go into any one, two, three star and, and be comfortable, hold his own. You know what I mean? Do you get a lot of people in from the college? Do you know, we, we, yes and no. When we opened, there was a few people that had been through the college. They'd done the, the camp, the degree course and stuff. Yeah. So Mike Toppin, who's off in New Zealand, who's with me. Um, by the time he left, he was sous chef, actually, junior soon. Really good lad. He'd, he'd done his degree there. Um, Kingsley, who opened with me as the GM, he'd done some hospitality course in there. Um, but right now, I think actually it's only my new commie, Tom Lovell, who's just uh, started with me. It's a good college, though. 
Yeah, I've heard nothing but good yeah. stuff. I've heard the food. We haven't been there yet. We keep meaning to go because the, they do. They test the service out, don't they? They've got the restaurant there, and I've not been yet. I've, I've heard I've it's been great. once. It is good. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to expect some things to yeah, be missed, yeah. but so what? It's great. It's but you're not paying ex- nah, nah, a lot of money. It's either, so cheap. So. It's so yeah. cheap. It's it's good experience for them. And all the college kids that come here love that. They love the the restaurant, the atrium. It's called, I think, isn't it? There's a brasserie as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so the atrium, which is fine dining, the brasserie. Which is important because, like you said, food's not just about fine dining, is it? No. It's well, a lot of my favourite places to eat, they're never even going to see a Michelin star and might not even know what one is. Big yeah. Breath Dining Club. Like, it's yeah, yeah. Example. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and college does a lot of work for that, I think. They, they try and sort of remind all these kids that, hold on, there's not just fine dining out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the lectures I speak to, they try and get that into them. Which is good. It's only good, you know. Some really good lecturers there that know how to cook, actually. Yeah. Everyone's probably sick of hearing about COVID, but it, yeah. the criminal not to talk about it, seeing as we're supposedly still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but we're, we're, we're social distancing, aren't we? We're we all. are definitely social distancing. Obviously, I don't want to get too negative, but it must have been like a car crash that kind of 23rd of March, that whole mm. week. I guess it was gearing up to it. We, um, I am the sort of person that always is happier under stress. I guess there's, it's just certain... I feel like that goes back again to your band days when you Maybe, were struggling. Maybe, yeah, it's just who I am. It's in me, like... Um, I think most chefs, restaurateurs, entrepreneurs, I don't know, I kind of like that. I think there are a lot of people I meet that are similar. They, they strive for the same things. So, so if I haven't got a bit of stress, I get a bit bored and narky. Yeah. So when that started, that this you could sense it was coming, wasn't it? It was like... I don't think we're going to get away with this. In, in so I sense that was the worst part. I think. The waiting. Yeah, yeah the not waiting. really knowing. So I made a plan pretty early to close. I was actually closing on the Saturday and then we were forced on the Friday night, weren't we? Uh, and I actually put everyone on. I'd already done all the meetings. It was quite frustrating. I'd put everyone on short time. So I'd pay them 50% for as long as possible is what I said. Which, to be honest, I mean, after three months, we'd have gone under. So the furlough thing was just immense. So I'd already done all the meetings. Everyone had signed their new contract on short term. They were all happy because they weren't. They knew that. Well, I promised them they'd be safe. That you know, they'd be paid before me. Basically, is what they were told. And um, then that furlough announcement came out, which was just like, oh my goodness! I'm a breath of fresh air. Whoa, we can get out of this. We can, you know. I mean, I, I, I honestly thought, really, after a couple of months of paying everyone, I'd, I'd have had to shut the restaurant down. Fortunately, my the shareholder in my business, he owns thirty percent, is the landlord, which is fantastic for you know yeah. our relationship. So I guess we'd have had to shut down and then make everyone redundant, obviously with no money, and then open up again, which just morally I wasn't comfortable with. So the furlough thing was just brilliant, you know, absolutely chuffed with it to be honest. I can imagine. Um, so going back to it, how did I feel? I don't know. I just. I was a little bit, it's funny, Adam from the plough, we, we, we see each other in the morning, we live near each other, he passes, yeah. and he, he, he said to me the other day, he said, you've been chirpy the whole way through this, and I guess I haven't been deep down, but I was on the outside, I, I had to I had to make it an opportunity for me and our business, I had to turn it on its head, so you know, the first opportunity is, guys, just go and enjoy yourselves, you know, you, you're furloughed, you just go and have some fun and whatever, um, most of the team haven't got children and things, so they they got a bit bored pretty quick. Yeah. But the ones with kids are like, you know, it's been hard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I use it, you know, we got things done in the house, as you do, and whatever else. 
And then it was like, right, so after about three or four weeks, it's like, what, what are we going to do with this restaurant? You know, I was looking at other places that were starting to open and seeing what they were doing. Oh, yeah, I mean, actually, I was already having a bit of a refurb before COVID. I was booked in. So I was, I was having the bar tops redone and some plinths fitted and, and a new yeah. curtain. So I was spending a bit of money that we'd saved to reinvest. So it was like, okay, I need to take this a bit further then once it happened. And basically, the grant we got from the government all went back in. We've, we've literally, and, and a bit more, we just spent a lot. Um, but the restaurant's beautiful now. We've changed the frontage. It was actually painted the wrong colour when we opened. <laughs> what, accident? Yeah, it was too late. It was just like, all oh, right, it's the wrong blue. Looks like Blockbuster. <laughs> get on with it. It looked crap. I was so gutted. But it was like, I'll just get on with it. So I've sorted that out. It's the right blue now. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's just- the whole place looks absolutely stunning. Thank you. Yeah, but we've, it's been a lot of work, but I work with a good local builder, Reese Davis, Concept Builds. Concept Builds. Concept, I take, <laughs> we're mates now. Though. Take the piss out of him, to be honest. Um, but he built me these booths that you, you see on the, on the way in, which actually I think will just stay. They're, they're beautiful. You know, it's not, there's no perspex in the whole place. It's, it's done right. Looks like it should have been there at the beginning. And it yeah. can't, you, you look at it now and you think, why didn't I do that at the beginning? But well, I never seen anything that made me think that you'd done anything to sort of no, that's it, combat yeah. COVID. It just looked sort of natural, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's the feedback from the customers been like? Yeah, they're loving it. They, they're loving the booze. I mean, sort of the residory feedback we get through is um, felt safe, this or that, that, the other, you know. Yeah, obviously, there's a little bit of experience that's been lost. That was a big thing before opening. Corin and I, the GM, were really racking our brains of how we can still give experience. So a few things have changed, obviously. Um, we don't explain half as much anymore, but we've on the back of the menu, we've got sort of some concepts of the dishes, which are basically my head on paper. Yeah. So people can read them themselves. And then the wine pairing, we've, we've done this cool, um, it's basically on the back end of the website. So it's hidden. You, you, don't, you get given the code if you have the wine pairing. So it's like this secret thing. Yeah, and it pops up, and then each course pops up, and then you can find out more about the vineyard and the winemaker. So actually, it's really in depth. It took a lot of time, and the web guy was going nuts with it. But <laughs> but it's just that bit of creativity to give a bit of experience that, that actually was lost because Jacob, you know, the junior sommelier, unfortunately can't spend that time at the table that yeah. close. So it'll come back, obviously, and you know he's he's adapting and doing different roles and is it all wine or do you mix it up and put other stuff actually at the moment it's mostly wine yeah uh, there have been times when i've had cocktails in and beers mm. and stuff feedback generally is i don't want that beer can I have a wine instead so yeah. it's like, okay actually just because i want a beer on my pairing <laughs> doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean everyone does we've had a few cocktails as, as the first pairing and whatnot um but no it's it's all wine at the minute start off with a bit of bubbles from england with the parfait which it's pretty special. Yeah, that'd go well, yeah. Yeah, we just had the parfait with strawberry, haven't you? Which yeah, it's fantastic. We serve it with uh, the night in Badeni set. It's a quite sweet, but beautiful wine. Yeah, I keep trying to book up to go there. I was going to book up just before this all happened to go down there, but you can't get a spot. They, they've only got small slots to go down there and see what they do. And How have they? They all get booked up straight away. Yeah, it's good, good, good producer. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Would the parfait be your favourite dish on the menu? Uh... I think it's the guest's favourite dish. It's not my favourite dish anymore. It's um, it's a dish that came out of nowhere from from a dessert of blood orange, white chocolate and star anise, which is a complete classic dessert. It's not something I thought of. 
it's you know it's it's one of the classics so so i had this this white chocolate and tofu mix which is basically a white chocolate ganache but with tofu not cream so it's not sweetened or creamy you just get white chocolate yeah. tofu basically doesn't add anything other than texture i think you could have just stopped that tofu just doesn't add anything <laughs> exactly but it, but it yeah. does because it, 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 it what it does what it does add is the fact that you taste the chocolate yeah yes, if you do it with cream you taste cream yeah. and not chocolate and that would be too much for this dish you see so I, so I had this white chocolate and blood orange i was like well i think i was thinking about putting blood orange it was the season for blood oranges with the parfait and changing up a bit so I don't white chocolate and blood orange parfait. This dish is gonna work. And that night we put it on. It was it was just like boom. This dish is awesome. Yeah. And then as the seasons changed, we sort of changed the garnish. I went through a few things. It got to summer, and I put garagets on. But they, they came in in like, I think that year they came in late Feb. Garagets are about February March. So the first strawberry from France, and I put them with it. It was just like boom. That's yeah. it. That's the dish. New straight away. Yeah, man. It's awesome. And now as the season progresses, that they're, they're currently with an English. Strawberry, sort of macking. Oh, so we start yeah. off with garry. And then we change the acidity in the dish to match because the strawberry changes. They're sweet at the minute. Mm. They start off sharp. And they, you know, So we've ch- we change a bit of the acidity with other components. Is that available on the bar menu as well? as? Yeah, it's the only dish that's in the taster menu and the bar menu. So it won, uh, it won the Good Food Guide uh, Top 10 Dish 2019 or something. So would you put it down as sort of your signature dish that, if you that, had to put one down? It's become that, yeah. If you, if you have to have one, I suppose. It would be that. Is that quite hard? You become resentful of it because it, it's <laughs> yeah. it's one of them things. If people come, they might be upset that they don't get it. But well, at the same time, we've got another dish which is based around an onion broth. Yeah, we it used yeah. to be called Roscoff um, because we made it with Roscoff onions. We've changed that actually. We used we used um, either brown or Spanish onions now, mainly because about half the price of Roscoff yeah. and it tastes the same. <laughs> no, I've heard a lot. <laughs> the about onions don't, but the broth at the end, the end result was actually. You know, we're wasting all this money on Roscoff broth, and so we've checked. We've called the dish Allium now. We've we played around with it. We've got some uh, some pickled paradox onion, garlic seeds on there. So it's, they're all Allium components basically. Served with this salt baked mash on the bottom, miso onion puree, and then French fried onion rings. So you know the old style French fried onion rings you get yeah. with the steak. So, so they're basically plonked on top, blue cheese mousse, and then this onion crisp. Oh man. It's it's an incredible dish. It's actually really basic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't do that at home. I was going to say, I don't think <laughs> no, I'd be able to no, cook yeah. that at home. No, I'm having for lunch. When you strip it down, all the elements aren't complicated. It's But it's a beautiful dish. Then we, we, we um, infuse some Brunoise shallots with minus eight vinegar. It's like, do you know minus eight vinegar? It's like a sipping vinegar. Yeah, oddly enough, I watched the program last night about it. Really? It's really hard. It was, you know, the restaurant program where they go around with the yeah, French fellow. Yeah, yeah. He picks a chef and goes to places. It was last night and they went to a vinegar tasting place. Really? Yeah. So minus eight, like, like ice wine. Yeah. They pick the grape um, once it gets to something like minus seven point something degrees. So that's why it's called minus eight vinegar. Like ice wine. It's the same. So they make the vinegar out of this, these grapes. It's fantastic produce. It's amazing. So that sweetens the dish up a bit, actually. Although it's a vinegar, it's, it has the acidity, but it's like a sweet, sweet acidic. It's a great product. Amazing. It's like adding a pickle sometimes, you know. Yeah. Well, it is. It's the pickle without the veg in it. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, so that actually has become a signature as well. Why did I talk about that? Oh, because I took it off. Oh, did you, I was going to say. Yeah, it, I took it off last year. Oh, man, there's uproar. <laughs> uproar. Yeah, I've changed it. What did I put on? I put a smoked, smoked eel 
beignet with cauliflower, which I thought, oh, this is amazing, you know. And everyone was like, well, it was all right, but where's the onion? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it came back on. Uh, actually, what I did was I put it back on in January. It's a bit of a marketing thing. So all of a sudden, we, we opened in January with a four-course menu, which was a bit of a, it was a good price. It, it wasn't a deal. It was a bargain. But, but it was a good price. <laughs> and the Roscoff was on it. Well, Allium was on it. So everyone was like, yes, it's back. And we, got, we were full for January. It was great. <laughs> so I might have to take onion off again for December, bring it back in January. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's a great selling technique. So you're, oh, we're stopping this now. It's ended and then bring it back two it's, weeks it's later. It seemed like I planned it, like this mastermind of marketing. It's like, no, it's just complete fluke. I just wanted it off. And then I realized I've got to put it back on. <laughs> it just happened to be January. I just always think like, do you ever get tired of doing that? this even though like well we do and the chefs do you know the lads down there want want variety and uh i think for a year it got pretty boring i was playing it safe actually i turned around to dave the sous chef and said uh i don't know i just i just had a moment at home uh, over the weekend once i came in i was like that's changed i changed like the half the menu like for that night they were all good they were all off their nuts (laughs) and i was i just i've had enough i just why am i playing it so safe and i realized i was playing it safe you know subconsciously and in, now in hindsight, I realised I was playing it safe for the accolades. Like, yeah. Sod it. The customers are happy with me playing and being invent, uh, you know, inventing things. So that's what I'm doing more of. It's good. Well, certainly when we go for restaurants, that's exactly what I want to hear from the chef that they're yeah. just doing stuff just to see if they can do no, it. Oh, exactly. To see what's going to happen. And that reminds me of the film. Have you watched the film Chef? Yes, kiss. That's quite what that reminds I'm not doing that. I want to do what I'm, I want to do my own thing. I'm sick of doing the favourites. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's it, isn't it? You ever have one of them moments with a food blog or anything? Is that how you and Simon became friends? Did you kick him out one time? I'm not his, I'm not his friend. <laughs> yeah, Simon, Simon hasn't got friends, has he? Acquaintances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what? We, we are friends, and uh, it's quite weird because obviously we we became friends after started reading his blog, and I, and. I think he's one of the only. There's a few good bloggers. Right? Let's let's say that. I, yeah. No names, but he was the one I, I thought. Oh, he writes really well, and it's he means it. He's honest. It's good. He yeah, no, it's can't good. Can't ever say he's not honest. But we've <laughs> so as we've become friends, we've kept this separation between him actually being a a blogger. Yeah. That weird, horrible word. And um, he ate and came and had this bar food, and then wrote a, a piece on it. And I didn't realise, and I met him for a beer when the plough opened on, on the Monday. Yeah. And he put this piece up, and I hadn't even realised. It was a good job, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I was going for a beer with him. And I don't know if you haven't even read it. He said, oh, you've seen the piece? Because I, don't, I, don't, I try not to go on social media very much anymore. I sort of do it as part of my job now. As I allocate time. It's a bit, yeah. a bit anal, but I allocate time for social. Well, it's so important. Just, no, just it's, it's for ridiculous. the mind, to be honest. So I hadn't read this review. So, oh, what do you think? So, what review? I don't know. It's a good job it was good. I'd have thrown my pint over him. Yeah, it was gushing review, wasn't it? I read it this morning. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Yeah, I suppose I was seeing him last Saturday. First thing he was on about. Oh, that's nice. No, that's nice. It's, but the thing is, he came and had the bar food, and, and the, the, the new bar concept is basically... Tom and I had a chat over lockdown, and Corin and Dave, actually. We were all involved. It was a bit of a brainstorming sort of session. It was like, well... We've got to change it up. So we're losing 20 covers out of the restaurant. I actually wanted to do that anyway. So that's probably the first thing I should say. Out of all this, there's a lot of people out there which can't afford to lose covers. We couldn't afford to, but we've done it by introducing this new bar concept. So in theory, I haven't lost any covers. I st- Last night, for instance, we did 55 people. 
but but it's now over two areas and it's spread over longer distance yeah so we've just changed and fortunately they're changes i wanted to make i guess i felt really lucky and they're everyone's situation out of all this everyone every restaurant is so different like there's no right or wrong no there's some no people blueprint. that aren't opening some people that are opening for me it was it was a given to open because i changed it i'd created this buzz with the team they were all excited to come back i was confident of the things we put in place and i was obviously stoked about this new bar concept and you were ready for it because you made all the changes anyway for totally. safety and it was basically so. forward thinking yeah but but what i'm trying to say is that was only because it was a happy accident because they're changes i wanted to actually make mm-hmm. i was thinking about separating the restaurant up with partitions anyway i was thinking about scrapping my old uh, four course menu so so that's what i've done the restaurant's gone from 50 to 30 any listeners who don't know you used to be able to just eat at the bar but it was like a free course no no so the the bar was only for lunch it was like a brunchy menu was it which was delicious but you know it was after 12 so it wasn't even brunch so it it just felt wrong and it messed service up selling fish and chips and stuff when you when you're cooking a salt marsh lamb perfectly (laughs) it's difficult so uh the chefs were over the moon they were like finally he's taken the fish and chips off (laughs) you know i mean some of the customers are like oh god i have fish and chips but the the bar menu now is is perfect it it's a good representation of what the restaurant is but really 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 informal and really laid back do you have to book a table for it pretty much you don't have to but but we're full at the moment so yes we allow walk-ins but okay i mean at the moment we're just so full we're so lucky what's the um format of it can you just like come and order like one or two bits yeah exactly i mean if you just want you can in theory book a table and come and drink um but the idea is you have a few small plates so you can come for dinner and have a lot or you can come and have a parfait as a snack or olives you know and have a few drinks so what's happened in all that is we've promoted steph the assistant manager um to the bar director she she's actually from a drinks background and came to us to learn restaurants um so, so she's had a promotion to this bar director title and is is smashing it and her drinks are amazing so and the, the feedback on her drinks is amazing i had some last night actually so i didn't have to work the past last night <laughs> and then i met my wife here <laughs> i don't really come here like if i'm off yeah but did, you, I, did you sit down and eat like a customer or no what? sophie did my wife yeah uh, i didn't have you ever Yes, but not mm. as a cause. So what we do, I mean, we taste and taste and taste everything all the yeah, time. Of course. But what's really important sometimes is to sit down and, and I say it's important. It's important for me just to taste the flow, see see how they work together. And I was I've changed three dishes to come back to, so I wanted to just make sure they flow, uh, and they did. That was good. So, so I've changed the scallop dishes. We get oyster, parfait, scallop, allium. So I just wanted to make sure they flowed, and they, it was brilliant so we do this like cooked oyster just we cook it to order for two minutes uh, basically steam it in the shell and then we serve it with the potato a spuma and the salt and vinegar crisps it's really nice so when it comes to the sort of drinks because people are often quick to talk about food at restaurants but the drink at a restaurant for me because i love alcohol and i have all different types of alcohol like the drink for me is as important you can have the great food but if the wine's shit or the beers yeah. are just carlin or, oh, for sure, or man. something like that it's you everything. need something really good so do you give a lot of trust to her to sort of get on with or do you have to try all the drinks that she comes up with before so 
I do try them, so we, but but I try them probably last. Yeah. After they're done, I, d- I never really change them. She's she knows what I'm like and what my flavor palette, what, what my profile's like and what my food's like. She's very good, very good. So her, Corin, and Jacob do a lot of work together. Yeah. Then it sort of goes past me, but like I say, not not as a oh change this or whatever, because it's usually so refined by then. There's nothing for me to think of. Yeah, by the time it comes to you, it's ready. To be honest, I'd be thinking of things for the sake of it. I'm not like that. You no. know, something's good, it's good. No, her drinks are brilliant. Really good. She's won a few competitions, actually. What's she got at the moment that's really good? Do you know the, the best is this... We, we've made our own gin. Um, we made it with... We infused it with Douglas fir pine. So she uses that and a bolney bubbly. It shakes it with this big froth. I don't even know what she puts in it. And she she finishes it with a, an orange sugar. So the Douglas fir and the orange works yeah. so well. So good. So I had one of those last night. <laughs> Incredible. And then she's done she's done this uh, like cola old fashioned. She makes it with a bourbon. Oh, nice. Bourbon or bourbon? See, I always get the two mixed up. It is bourbon. Is it bourbon? Bourbon's the biscuit. The biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, it's bourbon. But I still say, I get them mixed up all We're the time. Brummies, aren't we? We say everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so she, she she makes a Coca-Cola syrup and serves it with Coca-Cola bottles on the side. It's cool, man. She's she's oh, in her so element. Cool. She's really doing well. It's nice. It's nice for me, I guess, as somebody that's, I guess, her employer and mentor, you know, to see her blossom she's really doing well mm. it's nice it's great it's, it's part of the reason why we do it i think the bar menus now helped you kind of laser focus on making the dining room and the restaurant and the tasting menu the best it could be i think so i think we're at the best place we've ever been because of this because it's found its identity all of a sudden okay i know we've always been busy and we're a successful restaurant but something's just clicked it's because the, the restaurant is a restaurant and it's fine dining and it's tasting only. It's six or nine course and it's fabulous. It's a proper experience. And then the bar is cool food that you can snack on, you can eat as much as you want of, that's informal, after work. It Basically, it's the neighbourhood side of, of the yeah. restaurant. And then the restaurant is the destination part of the restaurant. Do you think they'll act as a gateway for some people that might not do a tasting menu as well they'll come in and be like oh well if the bar food's this good I'd be a fool not to try the actual tasting maybe menu. you know the sort of people that perhaps don't don't venture to many fine dining restaurants that yeah maybe they'll do it on their birthday if they've come and had the you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing I feel I find we get a lot of guests that we're their first experience of this level of cooking because we are accessible and that was the main aim at the beginning I remember Working at Petrus, you know, it was one star, and I was lucky enough to go to California. I, I booked, got in at the French Laundry, Thomas Keller's three star, mm. and Sophie and I were sat there and I had this blazer on, and we were, I mean, look, it was an amazing experience, but I was so it was so stuffy, it was so like it was everything I didn't want a restaurant to be, and as good as it was, it just wasn't what I wanted. So I wanted this place where anyone can come and feel welcome and sit and enjoy food that's what it's about you know is it quite laid back the sort of vibe it's very laid back for the restaurant? i mean when we opened I, I i struggled with the, the word or the terminology fine dining i didn't want it to be called that and i went to you know people took the mick out of me for not using that word mm. and eventually i had to because because actually we got the ante and we, we improved things and it got to a point where well, we really are fine dining now <laughs> <laughs> i can't not not use that term but it's still just so accessible and that's really important yeah. to me so you haven't got a 
be suited and booted to come in no, and no, sit down. No, no, no. I mean, we'd you know, we want to be respectful, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, not like a vest and swim shorts. You'd hope but not. No. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. You'd hope not. Do you know I ate at uh, Eleven Miles and Park? Talking about restaurants in New York, it's a three star, and I went for yeah. lunch. And uh, Sophie and I were a bit older by then, so we were a bit more comfortable, I think, with who we were. So we, I felt, didn't feel as stuffy. But we had a shirt on and whatnot. And then I went in, there's a bloke with shorts on and flip-flops. I was like, yes, I'm at a three-star. <laughs> and that bloke over there has got flip-flops on. I love it. That that was like a bit of a light bulb moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can, I can actually do what I want. And, you know, I can make people feel welcome and comfortable. Well, that's it. And to be fair, if they can afford, especially there, yeah. a £1,000 for dinner. Yeah, it is, yeah. Then where, what the hell do you like? It's a nice experience that was. You, you you walk in you walk in there and um, the, the one of the hosts I mean there's about five they already know about you they've researched you they've really yeah he knew I was a chef he knew this that the other have you read the book set in the table no Danny Mark no mind blowing really mind blowing completely like I've worked in hospitality like not nowhere near this level but just the the amount of detail like. They know everything about every person that comes in, and especially people who have been there more than once. Like, they look like it's quite common now, so that uh, a waitress will, or a waiter will notice if somebody uses their knife and fork in the wrong hands. Okay. So then they'll set the table. They would notice that, but then they'd notice where their favourite table is, right. what, what wine they wanted. They'd have a wine menu that was so. It's a bit like tar- um, advertising, targeting on. Facebook, so they would yeah. see what wines they ordered the last time, ask them which were their favourites, so then the next time they came in, they would have a special wine list just for them, devoted to the same kind of wines they liked the last time. That's crazy level I'm of like, service, what isn't is it? Going on? That's it, that's service, that's what you're paying for, that's three-star level, isn't it? It's amazing. We, we try and implement a little bit of that here, to be honest. Not to that level, we, we can't afford to at that level, we don't charge no, you're not researching every customer. No, we don't, we don't. But we, you know, we keep a log of what people like, what people don't, what, what they enjoy, what they didn't. We, we write notes every night at the end of a service on every guest. So when they book again, it's there for us to... So we, when, when we oh, welcome them, we, we, we know how many times they've been, so we can... You know, it changes how we speak to them. We, we can say, welcome back, or, oh, this is your third time, you know, thanks for coming back. Or if it's their first time, we, we can greet them in that way. And we know actually what their expectations are, if they've been before, and if they haven't. So we, we know sort of how deep to go on the conversation. Mm. So I guess we, we touch on what they're doing, but not to that level. I think from a business sense, it's it's pretty smart as well. I mean, I think I was watching a video before, during lockdown and I think when someone comes to your restaurant for the first time, I think it's like less than 20% that they'll book a second time. Really? And then when they come back a second time, it's still less than 20%. Really? I didn't but know if that. somebody comes back a third time, it's like above 80%. Okay, they're, they're in. Really we've got a lot of regulars <laughs> we we have got a lot of regulars it's that kind of restaurant though isn't it like well, we are neighborhood don't yeah. forget as well we're yeah. in the middle of harborne and there's a lot of people around it yeah it's so accessible isn't it especially with what's going on i mean a lot of comments i'm getting is well we, we just don't want to get a taxi into town or bus or whatever or drive and i guess the with the first port of call i mean they were we were before this so it's going to be more so now i i think you know, which is worrying, isn't it, for the city, for the city centre? It, it does, does bit, worry yeah, me, actually. Yeah, and look, it's great from a very, very personal, selfish point of view, but it's worrying. 
because you think how are the businesses in the city and that's what i was saying earlier i think every business is so different there isn't an answer to how to come through this every business has got to do what they yeah, need there's to no do. blueprint to it really isn't you know you've got all your own customers well some customers are comfortable coming back some aren't like yeah. it's it, it's a weird even just as a situation in the street when you meet people it's a really weird moment to like yeah. try and gauge how do they feel are they yeah. Yeah. Comfortable with. M- I found myself yeah. meeting people and sort of moving back, and they're actually getting closer. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate. <laughs> you, you've got to quickly en- engage and like kind of work it out in your mind. How comfortable are this? Like, yeah. I met I even met Carl for the, like a long time in ages last week at the farmers market, and yeah. I was like, normally we hug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, we definitely can't hug. But then I was like, it's weird. Isn't what it? my fist like fist bump or an elbow? And then he went elbow man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's strange, yeah. isn't it? You're trying to work out real. Fa- and oh, we're really, close, in theory, like. you can shake hands, just sanitize, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's one of them. It's which just gauging who's comfortable with that. You know, it's like totally. Oh god. Yeah. So from a, I, I couldn't understand from your point of view how hard it must be as a business. Yeah. You've really got to understand that. Well, fast. and that's it. And, and we've had nothing but, but positive comments. That one guest did want a little bit more um, distance, shall we say? We, we're always distant from each other, but we don't wear masks. Yeah. Um, fortunately, the restaurant with an open kitchen. Don't forget, we've got the extraction with air in and air out. So we we actually replace the air in that restaurant every twenty minutes because the because we're open. So that's yeah. another thing that I've just fell lucky on. If the kitchen was closed, obviously the extraction wouldn't be doing its job. So it's mad that we're replacing the air in that building every 20 minutes. Going back to the masks, do you think that would just kind of ruin the whole experience? Oh, I just didn't want to open with masks, no. I bought, you know, I've got branded ones and whatnot. Um, I guess you, you do what you have to do. I felt, and our customers have all said, it really wasn't necessary. No. Because we're just distancing from them. They, they're in their own booth. Um, the time we are close to them is just to put down. We step away. We very briefly explain the dish. Very briefly. But we're a metre away at that point. And then we walk off. So the, the, the risk because of time isn't there. Uh, and of, on top of all that, obviously, the, the hygiene is immaculate. Which it was anyway. But it's even more so. Yeah, a couple of the things like I would mention is there's quite strong science and says that you have to be in the company of someone for a good 15 minutes within a meter yeah like to get anything at all so the science yeah, is in your favor that way. Our decision on and then also um something that kind of I, I was trying to tell people and get into their mind is is we've looked we've really trusted pubs and restaurants to look after our health and safety forever you know yeah, <laughs> so true, why yeah. all of a sudden did we expect them not to be able to you know it's it, yeah it was like mind-blowing to me but that is true isn't it yeah, yeah. i mean well, they're giving you stuff to put in your body <laughs> yeah we're using cutlery that's been used before before and we're exactly, trusting that you've yeah, cleaned it we've always have to uh, trust it. the venue anyway. sterile. it goes through a dishwash which of is course, sterile, yeah. you know some things we've had to introduce because we we um we've designed these cutlery blocks so so sat banes um it's the first to do it. He, he did it as part of experience. So we've done it because of COVID. And, um, so it means the customer gets all their cutlery for the night uh, in one go. And it's there before we, they arrive. We have to sanitize those, obviously, at the end of the night. But we've got an antiviral spray. The bread boxes, they, they're served on, on a box with a note inside about the butter and whatnot. They're quite quirky. So yeah. they, they have to be sterilized. So it's only one per table. The water bottles. So there are a lot of things we've had to do different. 
Yeah. I can't. The team are already, already used to it. It's it's amazing how quickly people, adapt people can adapt. So. Yeah, especially in a business like this, because you employ good people. Like the, the people here are the best at what they do. They're amazing. So they're the people that can change. They've always had to be considerate about the cleanliness and health and safety. So yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. They should adapt faster. You know, that's what I'll, that's my two cents on it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I think restaurants are a safe place to go as, as anywhere really. I think so. More yeah, so than some pubs. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, you <laughs> can choose where you want to go, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Be sensible, yeah. Uh, yeah, be sensible. Didn't Boris say that? What's oh, that? don't. Uh, common <laughs> set, use common, common sense. sense. Oh, yeah. We've all got oh, bags of that. Wow, that's me. Do you think these improvements, and you've said about getting the restaurant to where you really wanted it to be, would that have ever come about if it wasn't for this crisis? Right, it's pushed me. I, I was a bit nervous to do these changes. I've got to be honest. I was a bit nervous to go tasting only. I was a bit nervous to put the bar concept in. Um, but as soon as this happened, I wasn't. It was like, right, chance, opportunity. And because I, I was on that edge, that stressful nervousness yeah. edge, which I enjoy, I was, it made me ready. So absolutely, because of this, it's pushed me. I feel like it was a free hit, pretty much. Yeah, big time. Mm. It's a free hit for a lot of people to change some things, isn't it? You know, we, we, I don't think cash will come back in my restaurant. So it was a good opportunity to say we're card only and I think we'll stay that way. I think that's the way it We were going that way anyway. anyway. Yeah, yeah. she don't even take a purse out. She just uses a phone to pay a for phone everything. phone and watch, now. isn't it? You know. I've, I can't last time I used cash, to be honest. Yeah. I get stumped if somebody doesn't take card. I'm like, oh God, because I don't even take my card out <laughs> with me. So I can't get cash out. So I'll go without now. <laughs> it's very rare though, isn't it? I think, obviously cash has got a place and it'll be hard or hard going to lose cash completely as in it will have knock on to effects yeah. to businesses and, and what the economy and whatever else but uh, a business like ours it's just it's great you know no, there's no dirty coins don't forget one of the biggest things oh, to, yeah. to harbor dirt is coins and notes and whatever there's little crooks and little bits that can get them they change color and they get dirty and how many people have uh, had that, that coins in your pocket? I mean these notes you know what people do with notes they yeah. do the wrong thing. Like they've, they've been up someone's nose and whatever else. It's like, oh my God. And then we're putting it in our hand in the till. Yeah. So I'm so glad we don't have cash anymore. <laughs> no, and then we have to obviously cash it up and then we have to walk to the bank. And, you know, it's all time, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird how you really think of it now when something like this comes along. So you do dirty. think how cleanliness is. Oh, like, yeah. How clean is that really? Though? Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, it really does make you think about a lot of stuff, doesn't it? And then I think what guests perhaps don't realise is we, we at the bank they do charge for cash so we we get charged yeah. for submitting cash for banking cash yeah it's to buy change to get change as well yeah all of that so it's actually cheaper the card deals are cheaper than banking cash so it's so much better yeah yeah there's other elements aren't there for business I mean because I know I do it and I spend more because I don't have cash <laughs> let's face it I do I mean doesn't feel like you're spending, does it? Like you're just like, yeah, yeah, like you just you don't even look at the price. Sometimes you just pay for it. So I went to the Plough and used their new app, which was great, by the way. I'd say they're doing COVID brilliantly. Yeah. Definitely go there. Um, but I used this app, and then I realised how much the beers were. So like, bloody hell! <laughs> I didn't realise it was that much because <laughs> I hadn't looked at the prices in years. It's like, oh right, yeah. But it wouldn't change anything anyway. That's the point. That's why I don't tend to look because it wouldn't have changed what I did anyway. Yeah. Still would have bought them drinks. Yeah, I'd have still had 12 beers. <laughs> 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 I 
12 <laughs> beers and three gins. <laughs> of course you would. One of the funniest things, like, Carl knows him well. My cousin, Michael, is a bit of a lunatic Irish fella. But one of my favourite memories was going to work one morning. I think it was just after Paddy's day. And he was, like, literally head in hands on the desk, like, looking like his whole life had just gone for it. I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> he had about 20 receipts on the desk, just bar receipts. Yeah. And he's like, just look at any of them, any of them. And so there wasn't one receipt that was less than like 120 pounds. <gasps> I was like, what have you done? He was like, Jägermeister. Are you Jägermeister? joking? <laughs> he's a nightmare. You go out, Jägerbombs everywhere. You can't move. You're like, you'll be on a table. It'd just be full of Jägerbombs. you buy two each. Obviously on the night, he didn't care. He was just like passing the card, pass oh, the card. And then that no. hit him Monday morning. And it was just receipts everywhere. Paddy's day. It's a dangerous day, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, missed out this year, didn't we? To yeah, be honest, it was a really strange experience this yeah. year. Yeah, really weird. Well, there's a big Irish community, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we got sidetracked by my cousin, there uh, we were just talking about I think how COVID kind of something good came out of the the kind of bad, and you kind of seen an opportunity in the darkness. If that's not too cheesy, <laughs> I regret <laughs> saying that instantly. Yeah, it wasn't like a moment where I saw the opportunity. It was a moment like I said before, of having that stress and being on that edge, which just pushed you to action. Have you always had that? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. I need that, definitely. Yeah, and that's what the band that. was about and that's what cooking Have it. Have you got any other kind of favourite times where like something bad has happened or there's been a negative and you've come out of it kind of flying, two guns blazing? Do you know, just opening this place with no money, it was so hard. We, we really didn't have anything. Thanks, Steph. This is Steph who I was talking about. Uh, yeah. The bar director. She's also just wonderful to have around. She's, you, know, you know, when someone's smiley, great attitude. If, yeah. if there's a problem, it's how do we fix it, not there's a problem. It's, like, it's so refreshing. They're all like that at the minute, honestly. Yeah. It's, I keep saying it, but I'm, I feel so lucky. I know it won't last forever either, but I've got to take the opportunity, haven't I, when yeah, it's there. Yeah, enjoy it while you've got it. Yeah, I've, I've realised that. Um, you know, I've got to take this opportunity to, to run the business, to spend less time in the kitchen actually the business does well out of it uh, because i'm not so sort of bogged down all the time um that said it's weird there's a there's a chef part of my brain which finds it a little bit awkward yeah yeah even talking here now yeah, in, your kitchen, in my own restaurant you some work in and you're they're all smashing it down there and i'm not it's weird yeah really strange i have to sort of I come in every service I, you know, i'm here See the guests, taste food, you know, do some development, uh, do this and that with, with the kitchen, front of house. Kind of mentoring, I think, I'd call it. And then I try and put the kids to bed and read stories, then I come back. And that's that's it. I'm just trying to find my way now. That must be nice, being able to, something you probably hadn't had so much key. time doing. That's yeah. so key. Yeah. Was it before we started recording, I said I didn't see my... I can't remember, to be honest, but I've got a feeling it was just, bef- might have been just before. Well, I didn't see, like, Louis for yeah. two years, really. Which is just horrible. Yeah, I can imagine. You don't realise at the time, and it was something I had to do. So, look, I can't change it. and I wouldn't change it, because I had to get this business working. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to go back to that. really wouldn't. And all of my, my little girl, who's 20 months, has had much more time for me as a baby yeah it's not fair on louis he gets to me he gets my time now you know? <laughs> he's, he's a five-year-old monster so he, he needs my time now yeah i can imagine <laughs> climbing biking a lot you know I suppose with all this time and you've got more time now that someone else is sort of head chef do you find you've got more time for development so you can do more experimental things and try them in your own time yes but not only that it's the thinking 
Yeah. You know, sometimes you just have to be and something comes. Like creativity doesn't form in a vacuum, does it? No. In various forms of inspiration for creativity. Some of it might be forced. Like, I need a new dish for the menu. Open the books. Let's force a dish. And some of it might come from just being and doing nothing or eating out. Like, oh, that's great. How can how can I take a little bit of that dish and change it and make it my own and be inspired by somebody else's work? Mm. You know, because that's what it's about. There's like music. This so you better say everything about the restaurant here is can be related to my career in music. Yeah, strange. Like the timing, you know. Alex said the same thing before. Alex Claridge, when we interviewed him, said the same thing. It's a bit like really? you've got your strings over here, you got and you bring it all together. You got the time. Well, and yeah, it's the orchestra, isn't it? You know, and the ballet. I always like the, like in the kitchen to watching a ballet. Mm. Not that I do. I can't say I've watched much ballet. <laughs> do you get to eat out much? <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know what? There's nowhere open on Monday, is there? We we close Sunday, Monday. If so one says this. Mondays is an eye out of maze. No one just says, well, I'm fucking opening Monday. That's it, making all the chefs are off. All the chefs. So I think um, Sunday is like Meat Shack when yeah, they used to open. We used to go there a fair bit shack. with the kids and stuff. And then Monday, because basically the plough is the only one open, so they get my fair share of business because of that. <laughs> you know. Their pizzas look awesome. Yeah, they're good. They're, they're it's nice. a really nice business or, or pub to have on the high street where I have a business. It's you, great. You live in Harborne now, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, so the business is here. The kids go to school here. It's like little little life is here. It's proper suburb life. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice, though. I, it I, is I've nice. I love it. Where do you live? Uh, Shirley. Well, that's that's got. I mean, there's no place. great restaurants. But no, but it's a little buzz in high street, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a yeah. nice bar there. What bar? Uh, craft, crafting. There's a couple. There's one in Bearwood. One in. One in uh, the town Bearwood's, as well. Bearwood's getting there, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Sturchy, well, they sell all the local beers. They've got all the deep brew, burnt soul, attic. They've got them all behind the back bar. To beer, so look. It's perfect. As you're supping a beer, everything comes back to beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as our supper beer. Nice. All roads lead. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it makes everything better. Takes the edge off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sturch is the one now, isn't it? I love Sturch, though. Who doesn't? It it's great. Time. It's so much fun. Well, it's it's also good for everyone. You know, it's cool, isn't it? It's just a cool little area. It's like it was already good. Like there was already a couple of good like curry houses and stuff. Yeah, and now the bars are popping up. I used to live that way. I was Selly Parks. So I used to go down Sturch a fair bit, but I would I I left there before it got cool. <laughs> and obviously, Couch is open, which is great. Katie, the most fun bar. Yeah, it's brilliant. I absolutely love it there. Katie uh, and Jacob are eating today for lunch for her birthday, which is cool. It's nice, you know, when people that are good come to eat in your restaurant. I guess you feel proud that they want to. Yeah. You know, they know their drinks, don't they? They're really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do. So, when you say, do I go out much? Sophie and I ate, uh, ate, drank there for one night, special occasion before lockdown. It was special. Yeah, I'd recommend anyone to go. They're due to open up again, you know. Yeah, the end of this the month, they're opening. Fourth, isn't it? So that's good. It's exciting. They've redone their garden, apparently. I've never seen the garden. I've only been going when it's been winter, so there's been no need yeah, to go outside. Yeah, it's drafty out there, yeah. Now, she's, uh, Katie just said she's done it up, so that's massive. So we can all support them, get them ticking along. It's fun. It's a good atmosphere. It's The drinks are on point. I've never... And there's even stuff I don't normally drink. Not that there's not much of it, but... <laughs> The missus soft doesn't drinks, like, she doesn't drink. Just soft drinks, you <laughs> yeah, non-alcoholic. My wife won't, 
most. I like quite strong cocktails. I like to be able to taste alcohol when I'm drinking it. Yeah. Whereas my wife prefers more ones that you can't taste yeah, it yeah. too much. But even the ones that I have of hers, they're absolutely they're still brilliant. Good. Yeah, now they're, they're, well, they're really using good. great ingredient, aren't they? It's the key to anything. Great food and drink is about mm. great ingredient and then treating it with respect. It's all it's about. And a sing-along. You can't fault a sing-along. That's true, yeah. The essence of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, apparently it's going to be bookings only. Just want to tell all your guests, your, yeah. all your listeners, that the couch is reopening. Go, yeah, to, go and support it. I'd love the idea of bookings at couch. Yeah. Because there's nothing so worse than in. turning up and opening the door <laughs> and be like, ah, oh, shit, mate. there's no tax. Exactly, yeah. Because so, they, they opened without bookings, didn't they? Which was cool. But yeah. Well, that's, I'll mention the plough again, but going there is much nicer now because, I mean, hey, they, they've got to make the numbers work, so that's worrying. But... It's great for a customer because you go in, you sit down, you order on your app, you get your beer within seconds. It's like, this is brilliant. Yeah. Other than seeing the price, it's really great. The service is great. It's like, wow. Is this a turning point for our industry? I don't know. There's plenty of positives people can take from it and people like yourself seem to be running with it rather than yeah. trying to fight but against it. Like I say, we, we've, we are very lucky in the fact we've got a big space and we, we pretty much had a bar that we didn't do anything. We didn't market it as a bar and it was only a pre-drink bar for the guests in the restaurant and one or two regular drinkers we never pushed it as come to our bar mm. so it meant i had that space to basically stretch the restaurant out for social distancing it just happened to be what i wanted to do as well so i'm so lucky you know i, I can't say how much i think i am lucky with all the situation i don't think it's luck i think you've kind of engineered it i don't know maybe that's like craft I master think you're plan being a bit, like, um, <laughs> modest. i think you're being modest maybe I think, I think we're kind of coming to our natural kind of conclusion. Carl likes to ask a few questions, but I just want to... My favourite part of the quiz. I, I want to give you, you might not like this, you might hate this, but I wanted you to kind of, if this was a book and you were going to write the blurb on the back page that would make people come to Harbon Kitchen, you know what I would you like say? That. You know I would like because you know I don't like cheese. You know that's not me. The blurb on the back of a book. Ooh, you know that. You knew I would hate that, didn't you? <laughs> Do you know what? I don't mind the cheesiness. I just don't like saying it about myself about or about yeah. something I've created. Because, yeah, you know, modesty is... It's, 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 you either are or you're not, aren't you? So you can't turn that on and off. So, yeah, I'd just say get the fuck down here. It's delicious. Yeah, <laughs> That's perfect. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's it. It's the <laughs> quote. We've got it. <laughs> that would be Hunter S. Thompson for you. Sold. Man, it's backcountry, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's backcountry, yeah. Also, I would add to that, and it is relaxed. There's a lot of places kind of flogging the whole casual fire. Oh, yeah. We talked about Claire Smith, didn't we, in call? Yeah. Mm. And she says, yeah, it's, it's uh, unpretentious or, or relaxed fine dining. I was like, Claire, that have you seen your pictures? <laughs> that is not relaxed. I mean, it looks amazing. I, yeah. I want to go, but don't call it relaxed. <laughs> it's about as as three Michelin star as you get, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Um, Whereas... The- this is this also is mi- it's Michelin star food, but then I'd. I'd well, hopefully, food. maybe one day. Who knows? You know, I'll keep trying anyway. <laughs> I'll keep trying my best, and we'll see what happens. But what I'll be confident in is if we don't, we don't, and I'm happy with that. Well, to be honest, you've uh, if you if you don't get Michelin star, you've still got a fucking awesome restaurant. Yeah, yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Well, you've got the reputation <laughs> of one anyway. From everyone I oh, speak that's to nice. that's eating here, you're up in the top. That's nice. Top bracket for everyone. And do you know what? That's that's actually the most important, isn't it? Because that's at the end of the day, what's going to pay everyone's wages? Mm. And that's what I do: is I employ people, and they need to be paid. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, 
can get deep about the economy, can't we? But, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the, easy the, to the do the circle now. of the economy. But that's that's actually what it's about. And, and that it's it's almost like we see it as a um, a buy um, product because actually we we our main aim is experience, isn't it? But let's face it, I keep people paying their mortgage. You know. Yeah, there's lives there, you know. Yeah, yeah, the livelihoods, you know, not not only my own, lots of others. You know, from from Colin, who's the kitchen porter, who's got, um, you know, a little boy, who, who he absolutely saves up for, and, and you know, buys drum kits for, and talks to me about, to the youngest part of the team who are just buying their new first flat, like so important. Yeah. I guess the pressure of all that when COVID hit was hard, but got through it. We're ticking along. Obviously, we'd we'd praying you know track and trace doesn't affect us but if it does it does i made the decision that we'll open we'll be busy we are we'll make a go of it if we get if something happens with track and trace which is just at the end of the look of the draw because if somebody has got it and they've come in and we've got to shut down i just thought well i'll shut for the week and give everyone their holiday <laughs> just yeah. use it as i've just got to turn everything into the opportunity i think something you've done so well and something you just need to continue doing is just focus on the things that you can change like not the things you can't control whether someone comes in and they happen exactly to yeah have no symptoms but happen to be positive you can't control that or just like a development week right go away i want two dishes yeah, in true. a week come back well, and no, show me what we, you've I, got they, they missed their summer holiday it was meant to be oh, right, so yeah. um we, I still want them to have a summer holiday because I think they'll be burnt out otherwise by October, which is our next closure. Yeah. So I still I'm planning the the last week of the summer holidays to be closed, but of course if if we get smashed with a track and trace call, we'll we'll make that our holiday. Yeah. Because obviously things are open, so we can have a. I, I mean, it won't be a nought. You know, we can have a quote holiday. Unquote, <laughs> yeah. It can uh, do something. A break is what we should say. Yeah. Isn't it? You know what I mean. Because they'll need it because they, they've come back and they're working hard. Mm. Yeah, and don't forget change is tiring, isn't it, for the brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I need a holiday. Mm. <laughs> Big time. From my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know that feeling. Right, we always end on a thing. We keep coming up with different names. We're going with Carl's questions at the moment. They're just quick questions, just a quick answer. It doesn't have nothing in depth. And they're all really basic, really simple things just about yourself. What's your favourite movie? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, that's a good one. Favourite band? Uh, I'll have to go with Led Zeppelin. Oh, really good choices so far. What's your favourite cookbook? Oh, I'm going to go with um, Gordon Ramsay, Three Star Chef, because although it's outdated and it's, you know, it was what inspired me to go and work there back wow. when he wasn't, so what he is now. <laughs> yeah, Gordon <laughs> yeah. Ramsay's Three, I think it's called Three Star or Royal Hospital Road or yeah. his most... Uh, his biggest cookbook and Claire Smith's in that one actually oh cool and that's where I worked for those couple of weeks specifically what's your favourite spirit down to brand oh so mine for example is for kitchen <laughs> Doug Douglas <laughs> Virgin <laughs> 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 uh, I did have some last night yeah I've got a bit bored of it actually I've, had, I've drank too much of it but it's great with orange yeah yeah, yeah. other have. than that other than that I don't drink a lot of spirit you know I drink no. a fair bit of gin don't drink a lot of spirit. I've just started getting into a bit of tequila. Yeah. Like the blue 100% agave. That's nice. I, I made an elderflower wine in lockdown because, you know, why not? Because got yeah. nothing to do. And um, and you need to take the edge off having kids. So I, 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 this, that blue tequila, I forget the brand, but it's the 100% agave one. Yeah. So it's good quality. Uh, elderflower wine and tonic. Oh. It was just 
brill. Well, people have a terrible image of tequila, but that's well, only because they've had terrible tequila. I did, and then I realised <laughs> Steph actually educated me. It's like, no, tequila's amazing, mm. and it is, isn't it? It is. When you get a good one, it's it's lethal. Like, you can drink a lot of yeah. it as well. Just that natural sweetness. Yeah. I don't associate it with tequila. I associate tequila with that horrible burn. Yeah, like which is salt tequila. lemon. Yeah. Oh, oh no, nah. yeah, that's not nice. So, yeah. uh, what's your favourite beer? Um, Salopian Auric. Good, oh, good beer. I know it's not local, local, but it's Shropshire. No, it doesn't have to be. Though. You can have the best. No, beer. no, but I like local. It's yeah, you like to keep it. Local. But uh, Salopian, I think, is one of our best brewers around. They're like a little bit safe. Yeah, but Auric's just a good, good beer. What's your favourite big food chain? Is there? <laughs> not, do you know? I, I'm not somebody that hates chains. I yeah. don't. I, I'm not. I'm not like a chain hater. I think they've got their place, but I can't tell you the last time I ate in one. Really? Just don't. Don't forget, I said earlier I don't eat out much. So when no. I, so when <laughs> I do, I choose, chance. I choose really good places. I, I think the last one was probably Pizza Express because my son wanted to go. Yeah. Like probably two years ago, <laughs> wow. he's never been to a McDonald's. Wow, he never will, as far as I'm concerned. But like, that's dangerous though, because I say to him, well, "You're not eating there; it's rubbish." And he then he's got mates that go there, and he's, he's like, "My dad says that McDonald's is rubbish." <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm gonna get in tr- I'm gonna get in trouble here <laughs> yeah. with all the parents. So um, yeah, no, I haven't got one. I'm afraid. So you have takeaway much? Yes. Do you have a favourite type of takeaway? Because that's the next one. Wow. I don't really like Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Everyone likes an Indian. But my favourite right now is Kolba Persian restaurant. Yeah. So the other side of the Haggis Road, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, great. Just selection of meats, nice breads, a bit mm. of rice. Yeah, it's taken off big time, that's takeaway. Persian the thing. It's popping up more and more. Yeah. yeah. You're seeing it all over the place. It's good. It's good quality. What's your favourite dish you cook at home? My favourite is um, getting the barbecue going. I've got um, I've got a cheap version of a big green egg, so I, uh, the Komodo Joe. And I, yeah. I, just well, you say cheap, it's still... Oh, bloody still, still expensive, fucking yeah. expensive. <laughs> but um, I cook a roast chicken on there. Just oh, yeah. not super slow, not super hot, like 150 degrees. So fairly slow, not... Yeah, brine it the night before. It's just the best. Falls apart. Mm. Slight pink smoke. Bit of raisy couscous salad. Fresh tomatoes. Roast, roast Jersey Raws on the barbie. It's like, no stress, you know. Sounds amazing, it's just one of them, you know. You just it's just easy cooking. I we would, nothing's complicated at home. No, you oh, so don't we have got two it. young kids, so everything has to be like you say, <laughs> kid same as you, mate. isn't it? Yeah. The kids' uh, go-to is uh, the broccoli pasta. You know, I'm an Italian background, so my nan's from Naples. My granddad was Sardinian, so we have a lot of uh, salsa and slow-cooked pork ribs and things like that. Oh man! And Louis loves that, but his favourite is broccoli pasta with Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I think my granddad would have cooked that. Do you really think that? Yeah. <laughs> he probably would have, actually. He'd just used ricotta, wouldn't he, instead? Made it's his pretty, own. Yeah, it's not that far off. And last question. Other than Birmingham, obviously, what's your best food destination in the world? Mm, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, London's so good because there's so much, but it wouldn't be my best. Mm. Where's my best? Edinburgh's pretty Edinburgh's really sweet. good, yeah. Mind you, Ireland, I, and I'm not, I've not eaten any good restaurants in Ireland, but there's so many, it's not a city, but the country <laughs> of the Republic, there's some really, really top restaurants popping up, aren't there? There's yeah, quite a few big commands in there, Dublin. Yes. There's quite a few, really, really good. So my mates, the, the ones at the van lived uh, County Kildare, just outside, in Leakslip, where yeah. Guinness is from. 
and it's it's 20 minutes into Dublin. So I, I'm, I think I'm... Cool, there. I just got a mission start in, in the last yes. mission start. The greenhouse. Yeah. Something, yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's my questions. We're done. Good. We're done. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you very much. No, thank you. I enjoyed we'll it. One needs to come down to Harborn Kitchen, I think. Trying this just, bar food. Just book. Just try this first. Just book. Make sure you book. Don't just full. Just full. Yeah, at the minute. Yeah, don't walk in. You know. <laughs> no, you can't at the minute. Which I'm, you know, again, I'm lucky. It's great. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie.